sir. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. I wish I had my water bottle. It's dry. I'm pretty warm. Good vanilla Earl Grey tea on the other side of the door if you'd like some. No. You can have more scones if you want. I'm pretty safe being away from the scones. Why? Well, it seems like there's some conditions to it. So No, 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 no. It was just, uh, no. Because poor Willow never gets any and the other child gets many. So. Did you mean to make that rhyme? I did not. Are you pretty proud that you <laughs> I'm did very that? proud of yeah, myself okay. that I actually did. But um, I am done and don't want to eat anymore. They are so addicting. And then with the whipped cream as well, like I'm literally just dipping it into the whipped cream. Is whipped cream. cream like a traditional scone topping? I don't know. I don't believe so. It is amazing. I don't believe so. It's so amazing. And I just dip it straight in. It's so good. And I can't stop myself. So, therefore. Vis-a-vis. You can have quid pro quo. four all together. Like at once? Well, if you want to eat them all at once. But I've already had some. So, you're saying in addition to? No. Four total plus one. So, five. Sure. Why would you not just say five total? Well, because I didn't know how many more extra until just this moment. So you can have one of mine and I'll give my one. How close are we to having a library sign out system similar to the old cards in the back of the book for food? Normally, I don't care. Normally, it's a free for all. But norm, but like those cookies that Willow made, she got two and her sister got. So fun fact. Way more. She needs to make crappier cookies because the peanut butter cookie sat there all week. I know, which is my other thing. So I had a peanut butter cookie spread with peanut butter. And then I'm like, but now the scone. So I had to have scone smeared with. And I went to Marble Slab already today. People might think this is like a TLC show Mm. where you're just a weird snack fiend. I am. You are. What's your number one? Peanut butter. And? Anything. anything. The answer is anything. Except for mushrooms. Have you tried? <laughs> I have. Because in Ireland, when I was in Ireland, that was all they had in the fridge. So like a different potato famine? I don't get why they would only have mushrooms. That's all they had. Did you know the potato? Because <laughs> you'll just get angry. What? I was no, going to no, perpetuate no. my myth. No, it's not true. You'll go blind. Talking about. Okay, what? Were Special you, time? What like, were what are you talking say? about? What were you going to say? I was going to make the awful comment about potatoes. You can survive off potatoes? Yeah, but you can go blind. You can, will go blind, yes. I know this now, but it's more fun to bring it up and watch you get riled up about your savior coconuts. You can live for the rest of your life off of coconut. All right. Show me. I bet you you can't make it 45 minutes until you've got some peanut butter on that coconut. <laughs> <laughs> if it's available, yeah. But I'm just saying, if there's nothing available and you only have one food source, what food source would you pick? Potatoes. No, you'll be blind. But- <laughs> Potato. I think. I think. I remember the fact was you could survive for an extended period of time. Yeah. On potatoes and butter because they can. They have most of the nutrients you need to not die. Guess what has all coconut and peanut butter. No peanut butters. But aren't potatoes like not even real? Like, isn't that? <laughs> Shut your mouth. We tired. We just had them for dinner. They're not even real. Imaginary legumes. I shouldn't say they're not real. But they were like man-made. They weren't a natural food, right? I'm pretty sure they've been man-made. 
Or is that corn? Yeah, and whipped cream just comes out of cows that way. Nope. The best foods <laughs> in the world have some interaction with the human species. I'm just saying, coconut. well, coconuts don't. And peanut butter, peanuts are natural. You can just crush them. Yeah, you've done that. And it tastes like peanut butter no, and cardboard. It it's delicious. awful. No, it, it does not. Deli- yes, it does. It is the driest, most sad food on mm-hmm. the planet. It's so good. The only thing worse is that little dessert they give you on the airplanes that you think is going to taste good, and it doesn't. That's the worst. I like airplane desserts. Shocker. I like all desserts, though. I could eat just... Well, when we went to, on our trip over the hol- um, Christmas holidays, I went to pretty much every buffet to check out their desserts. Yeah, and you were mean mugging the coffee shop sweets, too, there that one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love them. But peanut butter is my number one thing. So I go through, well, I have about one to two cups a day is what I figured. How are you not my size? I know. How am I the big ugly gorilla in this relationship? Because it's what, 100 calories per tablespoon. And there's four tablespoons for quarter cups. That's 400 times four. That's 1600 calories of peanut butter a day that I eat. But then you really only load up on spinach and stuff for the rest of the day like legit and it's not like you're slathering peanut butter on bread and bagels and stuff sometimes crackers like today i had four crackers like ravita yeah they'd be awful crackers they're not good crackers. they're delicious crackers no so dear listener anytime she refers to anything and you think in your head of the yummy version that you like to eat that is not the version she's talking about but the scones and whipped cream are full-on sugar flour sweet yeah and yummy yeah. whipped cream. They're amazing. So good. They're amazing. Desserts are everything that people would expect them to be. Not always. I'm just saying my day-to-day peanut butter. My peanut day- butter and... My day-to-day peanut butter addiction. Well, I would eat, yeah, that and like half a cabbage, half a head of cabbage every day. I've, I'm off the cabbage. It hurts my tummy, but celery. So I can eat a stalk of celery with peanut butter a day. Unless it's bagged. Unless it's bagged. Bagged celery sucks. Notice that those two bags you bought me are still in there. Yeah, They're I did. terrible. Well, I ain't eating them. Dogs are barely eating them. <laughs> this is this is what people tune in for. This is why they subscribe. Okay. My question is. Yes, I think living with girls is crazy. Next. Why? What? Huh? Why? Have you listened to yourselves or hung out with you guys? You three are nuts. And it's getting weirder. Why? Don't do the all why face. Don't do the all why face. You have no substantiative, substantial. Mm. Want to take a couple steps back again? Dinner. Dinner time is proof. Like what? What happened that makes us crazy? Today was actually pretty relative because I cooked good dinner. So you guys were enjoying it too much to be weird. You see, you can't think. When all three of you are on the same cycle i'm moving overseas <laughs> just i'm just saying you're all deaf we've talked about that before yeah. I've had to, i say everything four times why four times because i say it to the person i'm talking to mm-hmm. number two enters the conversation yeah. has to repeat number three then number one is confused now and needs it repeated <laughs> a fourth time and you know I'm right. Yeah. And you, what did you say today? Like I said, the, I used a P word at Maya and you. Pepe. 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 Not even a word. <laughs> I thought you word. called her Pepe. 
I don't know. Maybe it's a character off a show or something. So back to her earlier question. This is the answer right here. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What's your question? Yesterday we were talking about. Oh, I probably shouldn't even say it. I'm yes. trying to keep this one. Good. Not embarrassing. Non like no swears. So what I was about to say wasn't a swear, but totally R-rated content. About my uh, content yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Comment. Okay. Question is, um, should we teach our children parenting skills? And why? One way or the other. Like our parenting skills or proper parenting skills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what's the grade here? Um, but ex so but explicitly teaching them so how to parent. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know what to say to that because no one taught us parenting skills. We had one class before a kid entered our life. And it wasn't even a parenting class, was it? Yeah, it kind of was because they talked a bit about post-delivery, right? And But not how to raise a baby. It was, this is how you put a diaper on. Did they even do that, actually? Yeah, we did. Because I don't think we ever put a diaper on properly. Well, because we are the premier parent couple because yours were usually backwards no Often. now in my defense yeah our children catapulted poo in directions that no diaper would catch and, so putting it backwards wasn't a bad thing. thing that's the thing that i'm like how is this even possible there were times that poo shot up into maya's hair all sorry one of our children's hair <laughs> all the way up her back into her hair but nothing in the diaper yeah how is that even possible 100 percent um, so again, back to your question about teaching everything we know. A couple of times I forgot to put a diaper on completely. Yeah, 100%. One time, um, one of the kids took after one of their parents and was throwing poo around. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah. Teaching the kids parenting skills. I'm really struggling with how to frame this. Um, can you define what you think some of those core skills are? Well, what do you think they are, actually? This is good. See, it's funny because there's two parts, right? Like I see, if I think of it like parenting skills is what we talk about, like in the context of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We need to teach them how to communicate and express themselves and be caring and all that. But that's not necessarily a parenting thing. That's a decent human being thing, right? So then I'm like, okay, well, what is parent? This is a, this is a, this is a, Good question, because what is parenting? We really, really, let's take a step back and what is what is the definition of parenting? Mm -hmm. it, <laughs> I wish people could see your face right now. This is a great question because I've never thought about it like this. So parenting, my definition of parenting, and I'm sure it won't be a great definition on the spot, is to take on the responsibility of caring and educating, caring for and educating and preparing another human being to go out into the world, right? And be a positive contributing member of whatever society you're in. That's a really textbooky kind of way of saying it, right? But when you peel that back, yeah, I guess if I was to, if I was to simplify it, the answer is, my answer is, Yes, you should teach kids parenting skills because parenting skills should just li literally literally be thing. There should be functional skills in how you do things that run a house or 
you know, manage your life or things like that. But there, there's another component to it, which is the more subjective. How do you communicate well, right? How do you teach them things that you know and pass them on to them? How do you, how do you give them experiences to help them grow into a well-rounded individual, right? How do you teach them to deal with the, the scary and the unknown and all of those things? So I think, yeah, the answer is, yeah, we should be teaching them that. But I think it's not a checklist of things to teach. It is a based on who you are as a parent and who you are with your partner. What are the important things that you demonstrate and want them to learn? And then you teach that to them, right? Like we're at a stage now where I think for the most part, we got some pretty good humans living with us, Mm -hmm. right? Like I think we're exceptionally lucky our girls have had great friends around them for the most part for their entire lives. So they've been exposed to really good kids, other good families, right? Like we've, I think we're at a point now we're in the more practical stage of that parenting piece, right? Like teaching my, how to fill her car, teaching my, how to wash her car, teaching my, how to maintain her car. What do you need to do? If you have a bank account, how do you deal with tax? Like, those are more life skills that I think fall to parents to pass along. She's learning stuff. Like she was asking about tax credit stuff the other day. I'm like, I have even no idea. It's too much paperwork, but I'm like, that's but back when you and I started working at like 14 or 15, it probably wasn't a thing. That's true. Right. Get a paper route. I didn't declare anything. It was a cash transaction. McDonald's. Send my money back to the Calgary Herald and the balance was mine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, yes, I think as a parent, your job is to be teaching them all the time, period. Um, and and what you're teaching them is just a reflection of who you are. But explicit, like, because there's babysitter courses, for example. Yes. And some of those are actually pretty good. Like, I think yeah. even if kids aren't going to babysit, because they learn those things like, what do you do if the toilet's overflowing? What do you do if there's a fire in the house, a grease fire versus a regular fire, yeah. right? Like, I think that there's those practical water things. on grease, right? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, and I think that there can be practical. Like, I feel like any classes that we did, it really was how you hold the baby, making sure yeah. that you hold their head. And, and I know that they learn that kind of stuff in the babysitting course. Yeah. But I almost think whether it's us or even a parenting course, this is something that I've been tossing around in my head actually is creating just like a babysitter's course but a parenting course there's so many out there and the parenting courses that I'm talking about really are about how do we manage behaviors how do we promote resilience how do we you know build on their strengths build skills that they need to work on you know those kinds of things and like positive behavior sort of strategies but literally that for kids that's not a bad idea. Would you call it a parenting course or would you call it more of a life skills no, course? No, a parenting course specifically about raising your own children. And I think there are oh, pieces. Oh, the fundamental Christians are going to not like that. Why? Because you're promoting parenthood to kids too early in the development cycle. Oh. It's going to promote wanton sexual encounters between kids and a rise in the illegitimate birth rates. What do you think of that? I don't know if that's actually going to well, happen. Now I'm but thinking that's of like to... a wonton soup. Wonton is different. Wonton soup, I imagine. Can you put peanut butter in wonton soup? That's the question we're here to answer. Anywho. But yeah, no, yeah. And it's not about, it. it it's 
Because you're right. We were never trained how to parent. Nobody's ever been trained how to parent. And I've seen parenting going downhill yeah. more and more. Yeah. And it's frightening. I was actually just talking with my aunt about this the other day because, you know, she's seeing, she's now a grandma and she's seeing her millennial children raising their children. And I, and I think with technology and screens and everything else, like I just think we we've seen shifts from the sixties to seventies to eighties and pendulum swinging kind of back and forth, but this is a whole new era and, and parenting is just a gong show, a gong show. And I think everybody is just feeling like, I don't know. And I think of the dads now, like your generation of dads, it's getting different now because there are younger kids. I, I forget how old we are sometimes, but for you, you had a generation of fathers who weren't really around, who weren't really a big role in parenting, not like moms, right? You and I are Gen Xers. And so moms were still sort of the primary, right? The dads might be the disciplinarian, but they didn't have the same sort of roles and expectations that today's dad do have. And so you don't have those role models, right? Yeah. And so it's about building those skills to be good humans, but to know how to parent, how to interact, how, and I think it would actually help their own skills. Mm -hmm. How do you work, help your kids be resilient, face those things, work through conflicts. And I do think, you know, it will support their own skills, but just knowing and how we interact with others. I think it's hundred percent so valuable for future generations for our current generations, but future generations as well. And there is research kind of supporting this too. I'm actually, um, I've got a blog article about this that I can send a link to. Okay. I think you're right. And I, and I see where you're going with it. You're, 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 it comes down to what we talked about before, right? Is there's a, there's a, there's a monumental threat to our kids and their kids about what reality is and how to interpret it. And then you're right. There's a component of that of how do you pass that along? Right. Cause you're right. There are, you know, the, my number one pet peeve, smoking in a car with a kid. Oh, right. I and I were just talking about that. Actually. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Like enough that I, I, I would, I would feel completely okay getting out of the vehicle, <laughs> opening the door and just cramming that smoke somewhere. But that's a learned behavior, right? That their parents probably smoked. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And so why is it a big deal? And until they're educated as to why it's a big deal and it's not some personal affront to their rights and freedoms, they're never going to change, right? Those sort of lessons are going to become critical to kids as they're going to be subjected to 20 different versions of what a single version, a single reality might be. You're right. How are what are their what are their core values that they can decide what's an appropriate response here, mm -hmm. right? And I think of this is probably not the best example, but watching the news back when the height of the COVID demonstrations were going on, the amount of people, whether you believed in the vaccinations or not, I don't care, that were willingly meeting in big groups and bringing their kids along, right? That is introducing risks that you don't need to introduce. Go, go 
and and stand up for your beliefs and do whatever you want. But is that the right thing to teach your kids? Right. And again, you're never gonna you're never gonna win those sort of battles. So I mean, that's getting very minutiae. But 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 I, I see exactly what you're saying. You're, there's there is there is a need for parents to have a foundation by which they interpret the world that they need to be able to pass on. And those mm-hmm. kids, you're right, aren't going to have it mm-hmm. right with everything that's thrown at them through TikTok and Instagram and bus shelters and whatever, they're going to grow up with the most distorted view of reality in the history of the human race. Well, even, and I talk a lot about like just screen time. I'm doing a lot of workshops. It's coming up quite a bit lately, but I'm doing a lot of workshops around this. And one of the things I, you know, it depends on the age of the population, but I just even look at um, like intimate relationships and things like that. And, you know, kids are being exposed to pornography younger and younger. Their brains can't really... (laughs) sort through it. It's too embarrassing and awkward to come and talk to mom and dad about. So they're going to talk to peers about it. And they have, so when you say distorted reality, this is just one example. So they have, they create these expectations of what sex should be like. They become desensitized and, you know, to things that they might see pornographically, which is not reality at all. Right. And then it's not as when it doesn't meet the expectations that they have like that's just one maybe extreme example but but it's not extreme it's not extreme because look at how hard it is for us to find a show (sighs) any show that we can watch with the girls when we sit down and watch it and i'm talking network i'm talking cable it doesn't matter the overmaturation of content that is being presented in areas that it shouldn't be like the amount of subtle sexual innuendo jokes on the Big Bang Theory that I've heard when you guys are watching it mm-hmm. is insane. It's almost like one or two an episode, yeah. right? You go to any of the sitcoms that are out there, they all do it. You go to any of the ones on Apple or Crave or whatever, they all take it to another level, right? And you have no ability because PG-13 is no longer PG-13, no, no, right? No. We've seen some and heard. It's usually heard. But I mean, you look at that that show Two Broke Girls. Never right. Heard of it, so it's about two waitresses. Every show, one of them is basically making jokes about how she wants to get laid and how much she needs to get laid and blah, blah, blah. And the other one is a bit more prim and proper, but it's still kind of on the same wavelength. The cook is the closest thing to a sexual predator I've seen on TV in a while. Like his whole character is about getting laid and telling stories about when he used to do it with this person. That This is primetime network sitcom. Wow. You compare that to Alf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The biggest, most Punky taboo thing was yeah. Alf was trying to eat the cat. And people lost their minds at PETA about that. Right. right. So there is no safe haven and you can't even go to like the Disney channel now I know, and, I know. and escape from it. The, the overmaturation of content and the presentation of it to all levels of kids is creating that distorted reality. Right. And so when you talk about screen time, Take the technology and the impacts of that out of it and just look at the content. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Right. And it carries through to everything. Like when I made the comment about bus shelters, marketing is so good now that these multi touch point experiences to sell a product are super common. You'll mm-hmm. see it on a bus stand. You'll see it on a billboard. You'll see it as you go on an elevator. You'll see it on your TV. You'll get a little text message, whatever it is. So there's no escaping it. Yeah. So you're right. How do you prepare the next generation 
to establish and understand a core foundation of their beliefs and their values and whatever you want to call it, and then give them the tools to start slicing through what they're seeing Yeah, because they're going to be lost and you're going to have idiocracy everywhere. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's where we're barreling to. And I see, so I, like, I think that that's one piece and there is research supporting the importance of teaching parenting skills to our kids. And then I've also been looking at another body of research. I won't call out the population, but just traumatized populations, right? And yeah. in intergenerational trauma and epigenetics and all of those kinds of things. But when we look down, we were just talking about this the other night, they're not looking at the effects of their parenting their they were abused they were neglected there's addictions there's everything else but it's all going back i'm not addressing how my parents parented me i'm going back generations to these people who did this to us yes. and so there's blaming generations back and and i don't want to take that trauma away however we're not addressing the parenting that is being passed down they never learned through the generations through their own trauma how to express themselves how to be emotional you know having that safe vulnerability building trust building safety being able to connect and so we're seeing disrupted attachment and addictions and it's just being repeated over and over and over again so maybe again, another extreme example, but a huge piece that we're not stopping to address. Like we got, we can, we can stop this mm -hmm. and make the generations a better, you know, have a better outlook and, and have better relationships and supportive relationships and things like that in any sort of population, because we just don't stop to think about that. hundred percent. And and I think it's to the point we do need to be explicit. So having these explicit skills, because we've talked about the information, infobesity is yep. what it is, right? Just information overload. And so just making it very concrete. And, and it's an ongoing parenting piece, right? It's going to change as they get older, the different things. And it's going to help for babysitting and interacting and everything else. 100%. Anyway, yeah. I think you're right. So my answer is yes, you should be teaching kids. How to parent. How to parent. Cool beans. Good topic. Thank you. Good day. Later. <laughs>